0: Well, I have the uh, privilege and honor of introducing uh, our speaker for today. Um, he is an elder at our church, and he is um, a guy that probably has more energy than uh, about ten other guys combined. And uh, I love hearing him speak, though. He's full of wisdom. He's not a wise guy, but he's a wise man. And uh, he's poured a lot into my life, and I know that he's going to bless us today with his word. So can we give it up for Dan Agnew? Well, good morning. good morning. Now, you know, I just couldn't show up without my flip chart over here. <laughs> but, but I'm going to tell you that uh, I'm not going to necessarily rely on it all the time. Because today, as you see from your insert, we're going to talk about the heart of the Father. And I, w- I want to speak from the heart. And so it may not be a lot of instructional stuff and whatever else, but this is a subject that is so exciting to me because I see the love that comes out of the heart of our Heavenly Father. He pours it out as us and fathers. He pours it out in, into us as brothers and sisters. And as I began studying about I found so many things, and i got to tell you, there were a lot of memories about my own dad that came up. And I saw how much that God uses fathers to show what his heart is like. So I just wanted to walk you through some things. Now, I, t- I was really inspired about the, uh, the superhero theme because there's a lot of parallels between you know, superheroes and dads and everything. So you can see that there's a, there's a lot of, of, of parallels here we're going to be taking a look at. So that's why I had to go to kind of a cartoon book theme and, and whatever else, just, to, just for that. And I wore my super dad shirt. Yeah. Now. What? the back. Oh, 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 the, okay. You ready for this? All right. Uh, would you read the back of the shirt for me? Uh, take your microphone. Okay. And that doesn't say dude or sweet on the back. Don't worry. Uh-oh. Faster than a speeding lawnmower. More powerful than the lid of a pickle jar. Able to diet without losing a single pound. Look up on the ladder. It's a repairman. It's a cash machine. It's super dad. Yeah! <laughs> Somebody said, "Does that stand for Super Dan?" I said, "No, no, no, no! Don't confuse the two, please." <laughs> so I want us to take a look at um, there, there's a there's a there's a psalm that when I read it, boy, it spoke to me about the heart of the Father that maybe doesn't necessarily traditionally resound as a as a Father's Day scripture, but it's the first one um, it's Psalm 68. And in, in the beginning, in fact, let me, uh, let me see if I, can, if I can make this happen here. Yeah. Powerful. Nice. It helps to have a son in the Super sound awesome. booth that can work that stuff, you know. One of the things I really like about Psalm 68, it starts off with the powerful part of God's heart. A little bit daunting. Notice it says... On your sheet there, it says, "Rise up, O God, and scatter your enemies. Let those who hate God run for their lives. Blow them away like smoke, melt them like wax in a fire. Let the wicked perish in the presence of God." Wow! Now there is a sign of power, melting like wax, like a candle in the middle of in the middle of downtown Dayton right about now, or something like that. The awesome power of God. You know, we think about his as, as dads. Uh, you know, my dad's bigger than your dad. Uh, there's, there's that power. I, I remember there was <laughs> there was a display of power that my dad had one time when I, when I was a kid. I was about like five years old. And uh, we had a, a model railroading set in the basement that my dad created and everything. So he'd have chairs set up down there. We'd We'd watch the trains go. And every now and then, he would do the, you got it thing. And he let us run the trains. That was always fun. Not very often, because he liked running the trains. <laughs> and so one day, I was, I was sitting there and, I, and you're watching all the trains, and he was, you know, he was running everything, doing the switching. And I, I just wanted to see what was, what was going on. And I was sitting in a chair which was aged. It was all wood and everything. And so to, to look, I, I drew my legs up under my knees so that I could see a little bit further. And all of a sudden, the chair collapsed. It collapsed. It went back, and I went back, and my head hit the floor, and I was crying. And my dad, his first response was to come over and make sure that I was okay. I said, yeah, I'm okay, Dad. Then his anger unleashed on that chair. <laughs> he took that chair, and he started busting it up over his knees. I mean, splinters were going all over the place. He's, he's going like that. And he had a scowl on his face. and going down the door. Man, he's serious about that. Now, the little kid part of me started laughing. Yeah, it was, it was But I mean, it was one of those things where I've never seen that much power be unleashed on a chair at one time. But it was one of those things that I realized, that, man, my dad really is powerful. He doesn't go around busting up chairs all the time. But he could if he wanted to. You know, it was one of those things where we're like, wow, the awesome power of God. When we go back into Psalm 68, right underneath this scripture is the next verse. And I love this. Because it talks about, in midst of all that power, how approachable he is. Look at verse 3. It says, but let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Remember that same presence that melts, wax and blows things away like smoke? We're supposed to be glad in his presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. Wow, is that not a superhero image or what? His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. That speaks everything of relationship. In such a powerful presence of God, we can be in the midst of that powerful presence. No, we can rejoice we can sing we can be loud I know some people say well God's not hard of hearing I know God's not nervous either we can be loud with God we can be quiet with God you know when I think about how precious it is in his presence how powerful it can be for some and how powerful it can be for others it reminds me again with my dad there was, in, in our living room, we had a rocking chair. Not, no, I, I know, you're saying, was he a chairmaker? <laughs> no, this, nothing. But there was a rocking chair. It was his favorite chair. And he'd sit in it. And I loved to go running up and sit in his lap. And I tell you, some of the, some of the best memories I have is when I was with my dad in his presence in that chair. Because, you know, it was a big rocking chair. And, and the sides of it, you know, had the... Um, had the spindles there and everything. And we would sing. And one of, the, one of our favorite songs that we sang was Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. And sometimes I'd just have him sing. Because I thought, that big guy's singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. It's kind of, and, then, and then we'd sing it together. And then we sang it around and everything. And then we would just start talking. We'd dream together. We'd talk. He'd say, okay, let's go on a hot air balloon ride. Because the way the rocking chair was, the spindle, it looked like the basket of one of those hot air balloons. So he say, okay, let's take off. He okay, Dad, let's go. Man, I tell you, we went all over the world from our living room. And we'd, we'd take a look, and he'd say, okay, what's that over there? I said, oh, that's a castle, Dad. He said, you want to land there? I said, yeah, let's go there. So, man, we'd pretend like we're landing. We're sitting in a rocking chair the whole time. Wow, what a precious time. You know, our Father God What's that same kind of intimate time in a relationship with us where we just enjoy each other's presence? How powerful that is. Then we go from approachable to loving. If that wasn't loving enough, notice in verse 5, it says, Father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God who's dwelling is holy. Wow. Not only are the places he goes to nice, what makes him nice is that he's there. He's a holy God. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. God places the lonely in families. Shows you how important relationship is to him. Not only does he, he wants a relationship with, with each one of us, he's concerned about our loneliness. He will put us into families because he knows that not only is a relationship important between him and us, but with each other. So he places us into families. We're going to hold that thought, too, on father to the fatherless. In a few minutes, we're going to revisit that. Then we go to verse 19, which shows him to be Provider. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. In fact, loads us with benefits daily. I love that phraseology. He doesn't just, well, here's your benefit for the day. There you go. Which is great. I love it. It says, not only does he, he loads us with benefits. You're welcome. Our God is the God of salvation, and to God, the Lord, belong escapes from death. We may be in situations that are so dangerous to us he provides the way out. Can't tell you what that way out looks like. But he's got plans for our life, not for our demise. He is that way that that gets us out. He is the provider of so much. I know as a dad, myself, one of the one of the points about being a dad is we, we take pride in providing for our family. And it isn't just the daily job and the paycheck and whatever. It's, it's provision for the home. It's provision for the um, uh, physical, mental, and, and spiritual well-being of our families. It's the big stuff and the small stuff. It's, it's, it's being that provider. I, I, thinking back at my dad, man, that... that he worked hard. He worked hard to make sure that, that our family was well cared for. And at the same time, when he would be working and come back after a hot day, he'd come home. Every now and then he'd say, Dan, I got something for you. Okay. Actually, he called me Danny back then. He Danny, got something for you? What's that, Dad? And he'd pull out a pack of Chuckles. Now, I don't know if you know what Chuckles are. Chuckles are a candy. They're kind of the, the, the jellied candy that have the sugar all on the outside and tastes like fruit on the inside. And that was my favorite candy. I think it was my favorite candy because my dad would get it for me. And he, you know, every, and, and there was one machine where he worked that, would, that, that had it in there. So every now and then, he'd, he'd get me a package. Of, and those were special. But that provided something for me that to this day is something special to me. In fact, Stacy bought me a, it's not quite a 55 gallon drum of chuckles, but it, it looks like it's, it's like that big, and that's, that's my chuckle jar. And I have to tell you, anytime any of my kids, any of my grandkids, they say, Can I have a chuckle? Sure. When I open that lid, of course, there's the sweet smell, aroma of chuckles, but there's also the sweet smell, aroma of the memories of my dad. And I got to tell them about my dad. You know what? That's the love of an earthly father. Our heavenly father. That love from our heavenly father wants us to tell others about the love of our father. To reach out and say, I got to tell you all about my dad. You need something? Something like that? You need something? I got something for you. While I'm giving you something, let me tell you about my dad. Wow, a provider. Then we get down to empowerer. Now I know that you're looking at it and you go, I thought that said emperor. No, that's empowerer. It may not be the most grammatically correct thing, but I'm putting it up there because it can. You won't necessarily see that in a comic book, but. It's my word, so I'm putting it up there. Empowerer. And when you take a look at the last verse of Psalm 68, it says, oh God, you are more awesome than your holy places. See, again, it talks about you're more awesome than your holy places. That must give us a clue. Wherever he's at, there must be some good stuff. Wherever he's at, wherever he shows up, it's good. And in spite of how good that is, he's better. So let's not get caught up in just the places where he's at. Let's focus on him. Because wherever he shows up is good. You are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. Remember that same power we are talking about in the beginning of Psalm 68? He gives us power. He expects us to use it. Really. So when we take a look at the superhero theme, we say, wow, you know, during uh, the meet and greet, we had Jesus as my superhero. Absolutely spot on. God is our superhero. He's our rescuer. At the same time, there's another superhero story here, too. God wants us to walk as superheroes in this world. Yes. I mean, if you take a look, and that's why I, I have there in the, in the same box under Psalm 68, I have Genesis 126. Look at the conversation God's, God's having. He says, then God said, and this is back during creation. This is when he's thinking out loud. He's declaring things. As God speaks his word, things come into existence. And he spoke this word. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Talking about the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit. He says, let's make man in our image. And then he said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, He, in the very beginning, set us up to say, You got it. In that video, He says, You got it. He's preparing us all along to say, You got it. Now, it's His power, it's not, it's not but He's given us use through His authority. He set that up from the very bit of creation. Because part of the heart of the father wants to take what he's got and make sure his children got it. He takes what's on the inside and says, I so much want to impart that in you. The way we do that is through relationship, through intimacy, by being with them. Wow. Man, what happened? He set it up. Adam had... Everything, he had the authority, and he gave it up. Gave it up to Satan through temptation. Something still had to be done. Never changed God's mind. He wanted us to have that authority. So he sent somebody that could do something about it, a Savior himself. The Father put his heart inside of Jesus. God the Father said, I need some flesh and blood on earth because that's where the dominion is. I need some flesh and blood on that earth to walk with my heart, to walk in my power, to show mankind they can walk in the power and I'm going to eliminate the issue of sin. He came. Jesus came so we could see the heart of the Father. In fact, if you, if you take a look, Jesus, you know, in John 5.19, it says the son, can, he said, the son can do nothing of himself, but he sees what the Father does. The Son also does in like manner. And then, I, I love the scripture in John 14.9. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Some people say that to my kids. Well, you know, you take a look at Mark. You're kind of looking at, at Dan. I know that Mark doesn't necessarily care for that a whole lot. But, but you know, when, when you take a look, you, you see dads, when you take a look at your kids, and you go, oh, I recognize that, <laughs> yeah. They laugh the same way I laugh. The more time you spend, it's not just genetics either, Okay. The more time you spend a relationship with them, the the more the mannerisms, the more what they say, how they say it, what they do, gets fully aligned. Wow. Jesus is saying, I got the heart of the Father. I will do nothing except what my Father tells me to do. No more, no less. He was fully in tune with the heart of the Father. And through... His life, through His death and resurrection, He gave back to us, for those who believe, that authority. He's saying, having the heart of the Father after the resurrection, you got it. You got it. Even when you take a look at before His death and resurrection, you go back into um, the Lord's Prayer. The model prayer. And I have that listed here next to the, the, the word Savior. Matthew 6, starting at verse 9. I love this. They say, okay, Jesus, how do we pray? How do we have this conversation with God? He says, Okay, so pray in this manner. Now he didn't mean you had to recite it word for word. He says, Okay, here's here's kind of the idea behind it. Our Father. First of all, he emphasized relationship. Our Father. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I love what what Mike did this morning. He had to invest some time in just praising God and thanking God for who he is, what he's done in our lives. Man, we were entering in. Just the way Jesus told us. Recognize the relationship and praise him for it. Verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, that's, okay, here comes that powerful part. My kingdom come, that will be done on, on earth as it is in heaven. So, whose responsibility is it for seeing God's will happen on earth as it is in heaven? Well, see, we're here, and now we've got the authority that God's given us. I bet he wants us to do something with it. So Jesus is saying, you got it. Declaring it daily begins to speak the words of God's words into our lives to declare that authority and that victory in our lives. We begin to bring heaven on earth. When heaven invades earth, we're right in the middle of it. We're right, and we can make that happen any day of the week. Wow. Then, verse 11 Give us this day our daily bread. Well, guess what? Back in Psalm 68, he says, he daily loads us with benefits. There's a daily aspect again. It's, it, it's a constant communication. It's a constant relationship of being in his presence. And we move on, verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Wow. Emphasizing more about the relationship. And in that relationship, the Forgiveness that's involved, that's necessary. Go on to the next verse. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Oh, Lord, keep me away from temptation and deliver me. Psalm 68 promises that already. He's got escape paths from death. He's got ways of not only victory, but if there's something that's leading down a road towards death, he's got a way out. We don't want to be led down that road. Psalm 16 says, that's okay, he's got an escape route. Secret passage. Only, ain't secret to us if we ask. Wow, the story unfolds even more. But deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Still recognizing it's God's power. It's through God's authority. And we can use that here on earth to bring his will into our world. So, Jesus is saying, you got it. And the Father's heart that just, the Father's heart is to take part of his heart and put in us. When we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the Father's heart, we get it. What well, we do with it gets into the area of what our, what our choice is, but we got it. <clears throat> Passing it on. You know, there's, there's such a satisfaction in a father when you see your kids... They got it. They got it. Even at an early age. I mean, I remember as, as a dad myself. You know, sometimes you wonder. You see the kids fight all the time. You go, are they even catching on here that, that they're supposed to, like, act nice to each other or whatever else? And, and you know, they're good kids. But, boy, you always got to argue about that. And then there are those moments where you go, okay, they got it. They got it. I remember one time we were in a park and uh, we'll tell them Lee and Eli here. Um, there was a, a water fountain at the park and, and Lee must have not been any more than five. That'd make Eli, what, three? No, it's probably six six and four. Eli being the the... The more thirsty, and the 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 brother that was smaller wanted a drink, and I remember Lee and Eli went over to the to the the water fountain, which to Eli seemed like up to here, but my son Lee did. I saw him. I mean, and they didn't know I was watching. Lee got down on all fours (laughs) as a step, and Eli took a step on top of him, got up, and he could take a drink. Man did the I you know here I am I'm going, okay well I'm not here <laughs> But I'm inside I'm going they got it they got it that's that sacrificial brotherly love Wow how much when God sees us begin to exercise and live the love life how does that blesses God goes, well, they got it And then, the next part. We get to call him Daddy. Daddy. Romans 8.15 that I have down there in, in the Daddy box, so to speak. It's, uh, so you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead... You received God's spirit when he adopted you as his children. Now we call him Abba, Father. In the Greek, the word Abba, before Father, that's another way of saying Daddy. That strong term of endearment, it's more than just Father. It's Daddy. And again, in Galatians 4, 6, it says, And because we are his children... God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts into our hearts prompting us to call out Abba Father Daddy Dads I'm not going to address dads here it's fathers day right Mothers I'll address you on mothers day if I get a chance to come back then but right now dads you know when you take a look when you think about how many of us as dads have been able to be present during the birth of our children any dads had that on Dad that, that, that is so special. Wow. It's like there's, there's nothing like it. And I got to tell you, as a dad, I thought, man, I, I know how God must feel. And then I realized that there were some other situations I was put in where I had a chance to see some additional aspects of the father's heart. And it goes with when when Stacy and I got married, Stacy had two daughters from a previous marriage, Dee and Stacia. And I tell you, I fell in love with three women: Stacy, Dee, and Stacia. And when we got married, and, and they were nine and seven years old. Well, not Stacy, she was more my age. But <laughs> Dee and Stacia were nine and seven years old. And I knew. When we got married, I am going to adopt them. So we started the adoption process. And here's one thing I learned about the adoption process that I did not know before. You know, as, as a, a, a natural parent, when you and your wife have give birth to a son or a daughter, there's something that in the legal process allows you to rescind your parental rights, which means you can go through a legal process and say, no, I don't, want to be their, I don't want to be their dad anymore. And there, there's, there's a provision in the law for that. I found out that in the adoption process, when I willfully say, I want that child as my child. I want to be their father. It reminds me of the scripture where he says, I will be their father and they will be my people. I will be their God, they will be my people. Did you know when you go through that, you no longer have the right to rescind parental rights? There is no provision for that because it is more sacred of a covenant even than a natural childbirth. So we started going through the adoption process and everything, and it got cut short because of some legal issues and everything. But you know what? There was still a closeness there was, they're still my daughters. Of course, Stacy and I added to that count significantly. We had a, had, had, had a large family. You got, we got nine total. And there was never a distinction between yours, mine, and ours. It was all ours. And I got to tell you, at 18 years of age, now, Dee and Stacy are about 11 months and 18 days apart, so when one turned 18, it wasn't just too long before the other one turned 18. 18 years of age, my, my daughter, D. she said, Daddy, she says, I got the money. She said, would you drive me to the county clerk's office so that I can change my last name to yours? Wow. She didn't have to do that. Because everything would, to sign any legal documents, she would have to sign... Her her previous name. But she said, I want to change. There was nothing in it but just pure demonstration of love. 11 months, 18 days later, my other daughter, Stacia, said, Dad, did you drive me to the county clerk's office? I want to change my last name. I got to tell you, that was another aspect of the heart of the father. What does God feel like when he lays his love out there saying, I love you, and we respond? And we say, "Daddy, I want your name." I got a Father's Day card one year from my daughter, D. It said, "To the best daddy in the whole world and I know you open it says, "Open up," and she put it in there, "Because I had a choice." Wow. When we choose God the Father, that completes love in the heart of the father we both get blessed from that it blesses god it blesses us it's something that was meant to be when we take a look at that heart we see that there's 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 a drawing inside of us there's there's something that that pulls us and what we want to know is god do you think i'm special You've got the heart of, you are the father. Fo- Am I special to you? You know, one of the things I wanted to, to show, it's a brief clip from a superhero movie, Iron Man 2. And, uh, and Iron, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Iron Man, but, uh, yeah, I know, you're going, well, who doesn't know? <laughs> I have a brother who loves him. Oh, yeah, and you know, Iron Man, who, uh, okay, so, Who's really Iron Man? What's his name? What's his what's his under- Tony Stark. Yeah. So Tony Stark, you know, Tony Stark is like, you know, like Clark Kent is the Superman, Tony Stark is the Iron Man. And and Tony Stark's dad started a huge company called Stark Enterprises. There's a whole storyline behind that, but out of that huge technology company and everything, Tony grew up, Tony was a very smart individual, he became Iron Man. But Tony always questioned the love of his father. He was always kind of searching for, in fact, he had some pretty bad experiences with his dad and felt that he didn't know where, where he stood with his dad. His dad passed on and just kind of left Tony sitting there until one day, Tony ran across some films some different films that his dad had made about you know, Stark Enterprises and whatever else. And so Tony starts reviewing them. And I have a video clip that shows Tony running across a certain piece of film in which his dad filmed just for Tony. I'd like for us to take a look at, at this clip and see, take a look at this moment. Tony, you're too young to understand this right now, so I thought I would put it on film for you. I built this for you. And someday you'll realize that it represents a whole lot more than just people's inventions. It represents my life's work. This is the key to the future. I'm limited by the technology of my time, but one day you'll figure this out. And when you do, You will change the world. What is and always will be my greatest creation is you. Wow. I mean, when we take a look at at, at an earthly example of that, when we think, how does this apply to my heavenly father? He's calling out for us. Man, it's been 35 minutes since I've been over the next to my flip chart. I need to go back over there. <laughs> I want to end with this. We've got the heart of the Father. Dads, I'm gonna do a dad hat. I didn't say it was gonna be good, okay? I just did a little, this is graphical representation. He wants his heart and his love inside of us, and because this is a dad, we got kids. Today, there's good news for everybody here. The good news is that we can have the heart of the Father. Now, one of the things that I know that begins to be very tender to us is the kind of relationship that we had with our dad. I've got to tell you, I, I had a very loving dad. Yeah, he's my hero. I remember on a job interview, my first, my first job interview, the guy said, Well, so who's the hero in your life? And the first thing I said was, well, Jesus Christ. He said, Well, okay, I met, you know, like um, somebody who's, you know, like, uh, you know <laughs> he tried to qualify going, you know, that's an okay answer, but let's talk about people here. I said, My dad why? He says, why is that? And so I, I talked to him a little bit about it. Yeah, he's my hero. Some of us have had dads in which we revere our dad fiercely. And then there are some that go, I never knew my dad. Or, I knew my dad and it was tough. There were days in which I really didn't want to know my dad. Let's go back to the Father's heart. God our Father. This is why I, I, I want to go back to this verse, verse 4 of Psalm 68, excuse me, verse 5. Father to the fatherless. Our Father may, on this earth may have been lacking in an area. He was less of a Father than what we needed. As good as He was. Even great fathers, I mean, they may have been less of a father in heir than what we needed them to be. God the Father fills that gap. He's a father to the fatherless. He, he'll fill that gap for us. So there's good news for us to say, I got a father in heaven. That when I begin to get in relationship with him, not only does he father me in those areas that I need it but remember it says that God places the lonely in families he'll surround me with people that can help me too you're not here just by chance God may have strategically placed you here to be in a family to surround you there may be a part of a loneliness that's being met here it's God fathering you. But here's something else that works well. As a father, as a father. I'm doing the best I can to be a father. And I think everybody else, every, every other father in here go, you know what, I'm 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 trying. And you know what? I think there's a lot of great fathers in here. I'm proud in our in our setting here to see the fathers. And the strength of the fathers in here. And fathers, sometimes when we get in this <coughs> self-reflection and we look, sometimes <coughs> we feel like, man, yeah, but I blew it. There's, there's a place that I, I, I wish I could have been more of a father there. I, I love my kids. I, I feel like I let them down. Good news. God the Father can fill in that gap for your children. Where we were less of a father, God can fill that in. So, it's one of the best things we can do as a father is to help guide our kids towards God. Because, in whatever area we may have fallen short in as dads, God fills it in. We can turn their hearts towards God he fills it in so the heart of the father is something for everybody as a father he gives me the heart of the father through the Holy Spirit and because we are his children God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts prompting us to call out Abba Father so the love is from him That's all of us. Whether we're fathers or not, whether we're female, male, we have that love of God. As fathers, oh, we have the additional privilege of living out that part of a father. At the bottom of the sheet, I have a quote. Eli, if you could pull up in in that box uh, from Bill Johnson. See, this isn't just a superhero story. It's a romance, too. It's a romance about, it's called the gospel. And the gospel is the story of the father wooing the hearts of mankind through his love, created in his image for intimacy, for that relationship, for that that, that constant intimacy with him. That dominion might be expressed through love. And through that love, there's power, there's authority. But at the root of it is love. So this Father's Day, I just wanted us to go back and revisit the heart of the Father. Our Heavenly Father, and how much He brings to us all the time. What I'd like us to do right now is just bow in prayer. Because I know that, that, that right now emotions may be running high. Emotions ranging from, I am so thankful for my dad. I am so pleased to be a dad today. To wish I had one. Wish he'd have showed up. To, I miss him. Many different emotions. Today, as we go in prayer, we can pray for the father to the fatherless to fill in those gaps, to remove that loneliness, to help us as fathers to live out his heart in our own family to keep on directing their hearts towards God.